Welcome back, guys, to episode 5 of the Heart of Ellie Hoops podcast. And before we start the episode, I want to give a special shout-out to my friend, Paul George. You suck. Um, hold up, hold up. Leave the Clippers series for last. Okay. We're starting off in the Eastern Conference today. So let's get into it. So um, let's start it. Let's start with the 76ers series. Um, that's the only one. That's 1-1 one, one so far. Series is tied. All the other ones are 2-0. Oh. So, um, you could start off. Uh, I want to I talk about more about... I feel like the, per, the team that we need to talk about more in this is the 76ers. Because I feel like the, the Hawks don't have uh, much to lose. I feel like they're already beating expectations being here in the second round. Uh, so, I think all the pressure is on the 76ers to win the series. But I won't be surprised if the Hawks win it. Right now, it's 1-1. Trey Young is playing really good. Uh, he's averaging 28-10. and 10. Uh, Joel Embiid is averaging almost 40. I think it's about 40. It's 39 points that he's averaging. But I don't know how healthy he is. I don't know if he's going to be durable for the entire series. Um, I think it all depends on Joel Embiid's health. If he's, if he's completely healthy during the entire series, they win it in probably six. I don't know. I don't think they lose this series if he's healthy. Yeah, no, I agree with that. The entire series revolves around Joel Embiid's health. And it's very important that the Sixers make the right calls. They can't overplay him because he has a partial tear in his right meniscus. And they also, once they sub him out, you see the Sixers struggling to score offensively. Because their entire offense runs through him. And, yeah, the entire series depends on Joel Embiid. About the Hawks, though, you said their expectations were low this season, right? Yeah. If anything, I think the Hawks should have had higher expectations. If you look at their roster on paper, they're very stacked. They have two good players in each position. People underestimated them, and they gave them low expectations. But I think their expectations should have been higher. But even if they do become second-round exits, I think that'll be a successful season for them because this, they haven't taken a step like this in a while. So it's looking good for them in the future. But currently, like in the playoffs, from where it's headed, I see the Sixers taking this. Because of the way they played in game two, it was very. They played phenomenal. It, they they were very organized, and the Sixers, when they want, they have they could like establish this swarming defense, and it's very hard to score against. So if the Hawks aren't knocking down their shots, especially their three point shooters, if they're missing their shots, then Sixers are gonna win this series easily. And uh yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up some stats for the series because it's kind of even in the it's pretty close with the points. It's the Sixers are only averaging one more six more points uh than the Hawks. It's one twenty one to one fifteen. Uh, the rebounds are about the same. It's thirty nine to forty. Uh, the Hawks have a a little bit advantage of one. Uh, the Sixers are averaging six, six more assists than the Hawks with twenty seven to twenty one. 
So I feel like that's something that to still look into because you see like the team that has more assists um, tends to be a better uh, shooting team uh, because they're moving the ball a lot more. Um, I feel like the Hawks kind of struggle because they use a lot of iso ball and that could uh, help them, but it could also be the downfall of them because if players like Trey Young are having a bad game, I feel like uh, they could easily lose the game. So I feel like if the Hawks want to be more competitive, they need to move the ball more and get more assists rather than going iso every single play. Um, I mean, it's kind of working for them now. But it could uh, bite them um, later on. Uh, the Steels are in the lead for the Sixers. They have 11 to 6. Um, I also wanted to bring up one important stat that I'm seeing right now. Is that the 76ers are shooting very bad from the free throw line. Uh, they're shooting 66.7% from the free throw line. I think that's mostly because of... Simmons. Ben Simmons, yeah, but uh, and the Hawks are shooting ninety percent almost. Um, so I think the Sixers need to step up their free throws, uh, their free throw percentage, because when it comes down to the clutch, clutch moments where you need to knock down big free throws, uh, that could hurt you when you have players like Ben Simmons who can't make free throws. Um, the shooting is pretty even for the three point line. They're both forty percent. Um, the Sixers have a better field goal percentage, but it's only by about like 5%. Um, so I think they're both shooting very well in the series. Um, the Sixers just need to improve their free throw percentage. And I think they'll be a lot more comfortable in the series than um, than they are right now. The field goal percentage you just mentioned, there's a 5% difference. Although that could seem like it's not a lot. It if you look at the points scored per game in these last two series, it's a six-point difference. So that 5% field goal percentage does actually have a big impact. And also, I want to mention the turnovers. The Hawks are averaging 17.5 turnovers. And that's way too high to be playing. That's way too high to have in a ba- playoff basketball game. So they got to take care of the ball Especially better. Especially when you're the underdog. Yeah. You got to take care of the basketball. Um, the Sixers are averaging 14 turnovers, which isn't great either. But if you want to beat the Sixers, the Hawks got to limit those turnovers. But the Sixers' turnovers are being excused because the Hawks have even more. Yeah, I guess. The 14 can't go unnoticed that the Sixers have the 14 turnovers they're averaging. But since the Hawks are getting more turnovers, it's kind of... it's It shouldn't be excused, but it's it's getting like passed by... Yeah. Um, and I also want to mention the three-point percentage. It's identical almost. It's only 0.3% difference in the Hawks' favor. But I think that that's bad for the Hawks because I think the Hawks are more of a three-point shooting team. Other than Clint Capella, most of their players could knock down threes. And if they want to win this series, they got to limit the Sixers' threes and they got to increase their threes. Although 40% is good, it's, it's, it's pretty good Yeah, from the three-point line. I see what you're saying. Like the, they're, like a, they're the underdog team in this series. They got to knock down more threes. They got to kind of pull a Mavs. Uh, like the Mavs role players were knocking down an insane amount of uh, threes in the first couple games of the series. I think they have to do the same. Um, 
And Trey Young is carrying in this series, Trey Young carries a bigger role or bigger like he has more expectations than Joel Embiid, if anything. Yeah. Cause the let's say Joel Embiid's not playing, they have other people like Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons that'll score. Not Ben Simmons really, but like Tobias Harris, he could score and they have good shooters. But Trey Young, the entire like everything runs through him for the Hawks. And when he's out when he's out, he's sitting on the bench. You just see like the the ball movement gets messed up. Like there's no playmaking. They're just chucking up shots sometimes. Even though they have like Lou Will, it's just hard for them to get the ball moving and like get their flow back once Trey Young sits. So I think Trey Young's gotta perform a little better, even though he's doing good. Yeah, it's it's a lot win. to ask from Trey Young, yeah. but if they want a chance to win the series, Trey Young's gotta be averaging like 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 thirties, high thirties to have a chance in this series because um, with Joel Embiid averaging almost 40, which is insane. I don't think that will last. I think it will go down a little bit, but um, I think Trey Young, if you if he um, increases his per, points per game to around 35, and he's he's already dropping 10, 10 assists, which is pretty good. It's actually very good. Um, I think it gives them a shot. I'm not counting the Hawks out at all. I think they could. E- I think they not easily win this, but they could win this series. The I won't series be surprised. Only, it's only one one right now. Yeah, it's not over. I it's think. Tied. Yeah, it's tied, but I think a lot of people are already uh, giving the Sixers. Yeah, they're the, favoring the, the Sixers. Yeah. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks won because I believe that they're a good team. But I don't think they should be disappointed if they go out. No, this was a very successful season. For yeah, them, I think sure. they should build on top of this team and season instead of. Um, getting disappointed with not making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and also, they're they're one of their ro- rotation players, DeAndre Hunter. Woj tweeted that he's out for the season. Oh, that's that's big. Yeah, he got tweeted yesterday, so I think that'll affect the series for a bit. Yeah. Um. Then it's just more a uh, load for Trey Young yeah. to carry. Then it's looking more like favorable for the Sixers now, but also again, like he said, you can't count out the you can't count out the Hawks. They're the underdog team. They could easily win this, but they have a lot to do if they want to take this. Yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to the Bucks? Yeah, let's move on. Um, this Bucks series. It's it's uh it's all over the place right yeah. now. After they went down 2-0, everyone was everyone started criticizing the Bucks. They were saying like they don't have what it takes to go to the finals. But we saw yesterday they they had a very good like defensive game. Both teams were playing good defensively, even though they're the two best scoring teams in the NBA. They're the two highest scoring teams in the NBA. The game was eighty six to eighty three. You wouldn't expect something like that from two teams that scored the most points in the regular season. Um, yeah, I wanted to bring up the fact that it was so low scoring with the Nets. Like, I don't, it's so out of the norm to see a team like the Nets only score 83 points. Um, I think the Bucks, if they want a chance of winning this series, even though I said they were going to win, but the way it's looking right now, they've got to keep the Nets under 100 even though that's really hard to do because they have so much firepower 
the bucks they have to they have to keep them under 100 because i don't know why they're just not shooting well at all they're shooting 22 percent from the three the bucks yeah yeah that's 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 not good. horrible um so and they're shooting 57 percent from the free throw line and 42 percent from the field that's not good whatsoever for what they were like the best offensive team one of the best offensive teams in the nba in the regular season so they were the highest scoring team. yeah and they're only averaging 93 in this series yeah. so you need guys like drew holiday Giannis is doing pretty good he's averaging 28 in this series but you need the other guys chris middleton drew holiday they need to step up they need to be the second and third stars of the team because you got kd and Kyrie carrying without harden this is without Harden that they, or whatever they're doing. So imagine with Harden. So the Bucks have to take take care of um, the offensive end. I think they're doing a good job on the defensive end, but they gotta they gotta make some shots. Twenty two percent is not cutting it from three. They're shooting twenty two percent from three and averaging thirteen point seven turnovers. Yeah, that's that that pretty much sums up why why they're only averaging 93 points a game in these last three games. Um one thing they are doing good is grabbing the rebounds. They have more rebounds than the Nets in this series. The Bucks have always been one of the best rebounding teams. Yeah. Um I think the Bucks the Bucks have to uh limit Kevin Durant. They Giannis needs to one thing that I didn't like is I don't remember if exactly what Giannis said, but it was along the lines of that Kevin Durant is going to, uh, we can't really guard Kevin Durant. Um, and I remember Stephen A. Smith actually was uh, talking about it and he was calling it a disgrace that you won the defensive player of the year last year and you're acting as if Kevin Durant is so much better than you. You can't guard him. So I think Giannis needs to do a, a lot better job guarding Kevin Durant because you see in games, Kevin Durant is doing whatever he wants to Giannis. They're not putting Giannis on him. They're putting P.J. Tucker. Yeah, and I think Giannis needs to tell uh, tell the coach he needs to go out there and assert himself as the best defensive player in this series and pick up uh, Kevin Durant and say, I'm going to lock you up. Unless he wants to pick up that role, the coach is just going to keep P.J. Tucker on him. So you're right about that. Giannis needs to go up to the coach, tell him, I want to take this role. Because if you could stop Kevin Durant, you'll beat the Nets. Yeah, because I don't think Kyrie by himself is beating uh, the Bucks. I think this is Kevin Durant's uh, doing. And also, I want to bring up, now that it's 2-1, the Nets aren't cruising to victory or like a sweep. You think the Nets might want to bring Harden back next game? No, I think I think you roll out with whatever you're doing right now and you let Harden get as much as rest as he can because realistically, I think the Nets could win this series without Harden. The way they're playing right now and the way the Bucks are playing. If both, if both performances, the way both teams are playing, stay for the rest of the series, you keep Harden uh, resting till the conference finals. And honestly... You could beat the 70s if the 76ers get to the conference finals and the Nets do. I think they could even beat the net, the 76ers without Harden and keep them till the finals, which is insane to say. Maybe. I don't know about that. 
Because I think the Bucks are better than the Sixers. They are, but also the I would say the Sixers would match up with the Nets better. Like it'll be easier for them. So the, even though the the Bucks are a better team than the Sixers, the Sixers will do better against a team like the Nets. Yeah, I could see it. Um, yeah, I think uh, the number one thing for the Bucks right now is making shots, and. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, you just start making shots, and all of a sudden, you're seeing that you're going to start winning games. So, because 22% is, that's horrible. You get that to, like, 35, and they might actually make this a close series. The Bucks need their rotation players to step up. Last game, Giannis and Middleton combined for 81% of their total points. That's, that's the insane. That's the highest percentage a duo has ever had in the in playoffs history. That's and crazy. If you have a, if you break playoff history records and you're only winning by three, there's still something wrong. So, and the problem here is the Bucks rotation players, they're just not stepping up, making make, taking their shots, creating plays, stopping them, stopping the Nets on defensive end. But if you are the Bucks, you like this type of game. You like that eighty six eighty three. Yeah, because the Nets aren't the that gritty team that the Bucks are. The Bucks like like scrappy, uh, low scoring, defensive. I think the Bucks are a lot more co- comfortable with that type of game than the Nets. The Nets are more flashy, pass the ball around, make a bunch of shots, blow the team out, and just like just overpower them with superstars. Because you're right about that. Because the Nets' big three are all offensive players. Yeah. They don't. They don't give that much effort into defense. The Nets would much rather win by like blowing out teams than, like you said, winning these close tight games. So, you want to move on? Uh, yeah, we can move on. You have anything else to say? Uh, I think yeah, I think we covered it all. There's, there's like just one point. It's just shooting. That's it. They yeah. just gotta improve on that, and I think that fixes a lot of their problems right now. Also, we'll have to monitor how Harden is doing and. To see yeah. like, when he's going to come back. But it's crazy to me that they don't even need him right now. Oh, uh, let's let's go now back to the could, West. Yeah, we could go back to the West now. With this Suns Nuggets series, which I kind of thought was going to be a lot more close. But this is... Man, uh, I think I, this could be a I don't sweep. know what the Suns are doing, but it's working. They're averaging 21 more points than the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So... The the I think I think it's because it's kind of they the nuggets nuggets are coming back to reality with the the players like Austin Rivers and Austin Rivers was playing lights out in the first series and now it's coming back to his actual self like players like that now the Nuggets are actually feeling the absence of Jamal Murray they're actually feeling it now. In the first series, they weren't feeling it as much because Austin Rivers, who came in replacing him, uh, was playing really well. So, I don't think Jokic could do it by himself. I don't think he's uh, capable enough of beating the Suns team alone. So, unless the players who stepped up in the Nuggets-Blazers series step up uh, against the Suns, I think this is a sweep or five games. I don't know if I think the Nuggets just need to get a lot of high percentage shooting games 
to win games in this series or else it's just going to be a wrap pretty soon. The Nuggets were a good three-point shooting team during the regular season and they were shooting lights out last series against the Blazers. And I give props to them because I didn't think they could beat the Blazers in a seven-game series without Jamal Murray, their second star. But they did it, so props to them. But this series, like you said, it's it's becoming more realistic. Players like Austin Rivers, they're going back down to their actual actual like realistic calibers. And also, I wanted to say that Aaron Gordon has been completely like absent in this series. Like they brought him in to be that guy to be. If Jamal Murray was there, he was gonna be the third guy. Jamal Murray's not there. He's supposed to be number two, and he's just not cutting it right now. Yeah, definitely. Also, this series, unlike last series, like last series, Devin Booker just carried the Suns past my Lakers. But this series, I give the credit to Chris Paul. Yeah, he's he's getting at least 15, 18 points a game, somewhere around there, and he's averaging thirteen assists. That's insane. Very low turnovers. Last game he had 15 assists with zero turnovers. That's that's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, that's uh, it's killing the Nuggets because the the Suns are shooting 43% from three, and that's insane. You're not gonna beat a team that's shooting 43% from three unless you're matching it, and they're not. They're shooting 30. They're down 10%. Yeah, so. I don't know. I really don't. I'm not. I'm not too hard on the Nuggets because they're not with. They don't have Jamal Murray, their guy, their playoff guy. We all saw him last year. He was amazing in the bubble. He's usually very good in the playoffs. So I'm not going to really um, hate on the Nuggets or uh, critique them as much because they are missing Jamal Murray. So I think props for them to get in here, but I think the Suns are going to the Western Conference Finals easily. Okay, it's looking like that. I just thought the Nuggets would have more of a fight in them. Even without Jamal Murray, if you have the MVP on your team, I thought like I thought they if they don't take at least a game or two, it'll look bad on the team. But still, they I think they get a one. I think they get one. I think it's not looking like that right now. I think they win game three. It's not looking like that. They win game three and then the Suns win two zero. They go two zero. They win at the Nuggets and they go back. Maybe also home court advantage has a very big impact here. Cause yeah. The Suns, the Sun Stadium is getting very fired up. They have almost full capacity seating for fans. And during the Lakers series, I saw how how intense it was playing in that arena. Yeah, it was. So, it's really hard a uh, place to be to be playing in if you're the away team, especially if this is like right after uh, the the pandemic that everything is like opening up. The the arenas are opening up, so. Players haven't seen this for like years, a year or two almost. So it's it's not new to these players, but it's kind of like, oh, I forgot how this feels like to play against a, an arena of of fans. And I don't know, it, it could affect players. I, I wouldn't be surprised if players come out later saying that this really affected us. Like we couldn't really perform at our best because we weren't used to it. Yeah, you're right about that. Also... The Suns right now, if you haven't realized, they're the team with the most momentum coming into the second round. Yeah, for sure. If you beat a, if you beat the defending champs, your confidence goes like sky high, and if you have Devin Booker having career games, 
and Chris Paul finally getting back to his full health and having good games, you're just there's a lot of momentum build up right now, and it's very hard to stop that momentum for the Nuggets, especially without their second star missing missing their second star. But we'll see if they have a better luck playing at home I in think, Denver. I think that the, everyone in the Suns locker room, every player on that team, feels that they're invincible right now. They're not. They're playing amazing. They're shooting amazing. But one thing I am concerned about is they haven't faced adversity yet in the playoffs. They've they kind of steamrolled against the Lakers. To be honest, it was looking in their favor the entire way. Yeah. So they this is not a problem for them. One thing I do have an issue with is that if they go to the Western Conference Finals and they do face a Utah Jazz or a Clippers. Those are juggernauts in the West. Those are the teams that that people before picked them to go to the finals. And if they go to a two-two series or a one-one or it's or it's a game seven, or the the Suns fit like mentally there as a team to overcome those type of adversities. Because right now, like what they have the momentum, and when and momentum is I think the most important thing in the playoffs. And it's the most dangerous team, most dangerous thing in the playoffs when a team has momentum. And once that momentum kind of starts slowing down and you kind of uh, kind of relax, you kind of get comfortable and the teams that have the best skilled players come out and win those type of games. The, the, te- the, the team that has the most experience comes out and wins those series or those games. So that's the only issue I have with the Suns. No, I 100% agree with that. If if they could hold their momentum, they could beat teams with better players than theirs. Because momentum gives you an advantage over teams that are much better than you. If you have momentum, you you have a bigger advantage than the other team, no matter who the other team is. But also, you're right about what you just said. If their momentum starts like settling down, they calm down, playing a team like the Clippers or the Jazz next round, is gonna be very tough for them. I don't. I don't know if they could like make one it to thing, the finals. One thing with momentum is that the highs are really high, and the lows are very low. Cause you see teams that whenever their momentum stops, they go on a losing streak. They go on a cold streak with shooting. Cause like when you shoot with when whenever whenever there's a team with momentum, your shooting almost feels. Uh, like everything is going in. When you're shooting, you feel like everything is going in. And you should know. We both should know. We play basketball. Yeah. And whenever your team has the momentum, the three-point shooters become like they're not human. They don't miss because if everything you feel like is going in. But when you stop having that feeling, when the momentum cools off, you start going cold. The team starts losing and then frustration starts kicking in. And the experience of players overrules. The teams that have momentum. So yeah, that's my only concern. But I think the Suns have what it takes to go to the finals. I think they could do it. We'll see. <laughs> you don't want to uh, tell. You don't want to give them props. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't have anything to say about the Suns right now. I'm still pretty mad. I'm still pretty mad that they took us out. But you know what? Props to them. They took out the defending champs with an injured team. <laughs> He's still salty about it. 
All right, here we go. Okay. One more series. Now let's go to the Clippers series. I know you have a lot to say about that. Um, you could first off, I want to say Sage is yours. Paul George, he's averaging the most points for the Clippers right now, but the stats don't actually tell the story. This guy is not shooting well whatsoever. His performances, night in, night out in this series, and in the math series, shooting-wise, has been poor. And last series, it went unnoticed because Ka- Kawhi was dropping 45 points every other game, and his and his horrible shooting was uh, being shadowed. A lot of his free... Th- a lot of his points are coming from free throws. Yeah, and yeah, that's another thing that I wanted to say. The guy is somewhere else mentally. He's not here in the series. I don't know why. I don't know like why I don't know why this is a, a reoccurring theme with this player. He's not consistent. He is grabbing ten rebounds, but they're mostly defensive rebounds and they're more like uh, I, I don't know. They're not like important rebounds. Some yeah, of them are, but it's rebounds that are just like falling into his. Yeah, hands. exactly. He's going up for those rebounds like when there's no one around. You know what I mean? So it's not like the rebounds that Rudy Gobert gets. Yeah, where he fights for it. And I'm not. I'm not letting Kawhi off the hook. That I don't know how you're playing this poorly right now. You can't be averaging 20, 21 points in a series where you're down 0-2 again. I don't know why. I don't, how are we 0-2 again? I don't know if they like being down 0-2 or they like playing uh, down, but it's not looking good. I feel like it's deja vu because I had this same reaction when we were down 0-2. I thought that the, the series is over. I still feel like the series is over. I don't know why. I just feel like the Utah Jazz are just playing with the, like the Suns, momentum. Even though it's close games, it's still like the momentum is on their side. Donovan Mitchell is playing like he's the best player in the planet. 41 points. And no one could stop him. Rudy Gobert is grabbing 16 boards. Uh, he has averaging 2.5 blocks. He's playing amazing. Joe Ingles is shooting very well. Bogdanovich is playing very well on both ends. He was locking up Kawhi last night. I don't know, man. One thing that... I know you always mention what you're forgetting right now is the fatigue. Yeah, fatigue. Clippers are fatigued from the math series. The Jazz had it easy against the Grizzlies. They had, they had like a almost a week of rest. Yeah. And the Clippers are coming from like a hard-fought math series. And so, I mean, realistically, you expect the home team, which is the first seed, to, to, to win those two home games. Correct? So... Even though, but you still expect the Clippers to win a game because they should be winning away from home. They're both really good teams, so they're both expected to win. Yeah, and I feel like the Clippers gotta get it done at home, because again they win at two, they go win two zero, and then it's a series again two two, and then it's all like it's it's anyone's series. Yeah, I'm I'm predicting it to be similar to last series. But I don't I I don't feel that way. I don't know why. I have a like I just have a. A weird feeling about this one that Donovan Mitchell is just going to keep playing like this. The role players are going to keep playing like that because one difference with the Mavs and the Utah Jazz is that Utah Jazz have good role players that con- constantly perform. They're consistent. And 
they're just well built. Everyone on the team has a role on the team. And in the Mavs, in the Mavs team, it was more like Luca, we die or live with Luca. Luca getting fifty or forty, whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. The Clippers gotta get it together or else we're going home in the second round and PG, you're going back to Indiana. Or wherever you wanna go. Okay. Just leave. Not LA. Go to you could stay in LA, but go to the Lakers. I don't think they want you, but go wherever. You're not staying here. Kawhi was probably gonna walk. <sighs> I don't know. Look, last game in the third quarter, the Jazz started making all their threes. They were building up momentum. They opened up a 19-point lead. But the Clippers did a good job to come back from that. I, I thought it was just gonna be a blowout after the third quarter, but they actually came back. When Ty Lu switched to 2-3 defense, zone defense. And it was working. But then Donovan Mitchell, he had a few... I wouldn't say lucky, because he kept doing it. But, like, there was very, some... Lo- very, very, very tough shots. Yeah, he made, he made some tough, like, floater banks or whatever you want to call that. But and I feel like, again... That destroyed the morale make, of the Clippers. They, yeah. they thought their zone wasn't working because of that. But it was. But I think that, again... Like the Suns, momentum, and for a shooter, anything you throw up, you think it's going in. Like this doesn't happen, and that could be a, a product of being at home yeah, with that Utah crowd. So imagine if you flip it. I think maybe I don't know. I wanna be I wanna be optimistic and say the Clippers go win two at home, but the Utah Jazz are just playing really well right now, and Ty Lue's got to make adjustments. He made crazy good adjustments last series. So I don't know. I think I think the Clippers are are not gonna go down without a fight. I think they they're, won't. they won't go down without a fight. Um, I hope they don't. I hope they don't just give up. But I I don't know. I really don't want the Clippers to go home. These these next two games at Staples Center upcoming are very crucial because the Clippers need to win the next two games. They can't go down three and one. Yeah, they're, they're, the Clippers are one of the best teams like in the NBA, arguably the best. But if you're down 3-1, I just don't see a team like the Clippers coming back from that. Yeah, I think 3-1 is, uh, I think, calling it wraps. Because even if you do come back from a 3-1 series, you're not winning the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it'll def- You'll be so tired. Your star players, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, will be so fatigued and tired that they won't be able to. They'll get steamrolled by the Suns. If the Suns sweep, if the Suns sweep their series, like they won it in four, they're gonna have a week. Yeah, they'll have a week of rest, and let's say the Clippers go to Game Seven and they win, and they play the Suns with the Suns' momentum and the amount of rest they've had, comparing it to the. Not like the Clipper players are fatigued. It's just not going to look look too good for the Clippers. Yeah, I know. It's got to be one of those, like, the Clippers go four straight. But, you know, like, that's very tough. That's very tough to do. It is. Unless Kawhi and Paul George are having very good games, I doubt that'll happen. Kawhi needs to... You guys need to take this game by game. Yeah, obviously. I think game three is very, very important. You lose game three, the series is over. Yeah, going down 3-0 game is not three a good Game three is go side. win or go it's, home. It's a scary sight. Going 3-0 is very, very, very dangerous waters for the Clippers to be in. And I don't know if they want to go down 3-0. First of all, they, I don't no team wants to go down 3-0, but especially against this Utah team, you don't want to go 3-0. But 
I think the Clippers will have better luck in this in Staples Center because I I doubt the Utah Jazz are gonna shoot that well from the three point line when they're not home. The, yeah. They'll still shoot a decent amount percentage wise, but they're not gonna shoot as good as they do at home. I don't know. I wanna. I always wanna give my team the Clippers the benefit of the doubt, but I wanna just give a major shout outs to the Utah Jazz because they're playing amazing right now. And I don't want to uh, say that, oh, they're not going to shoot like this in the at-home court. Because I feel like they still will keep up keep up their percentage. Because they've been just doing it all year. They, I think they were... I think they made the most threes in the regular season. And I think they broke the record, NBA history, for most threes in the NBA season. So... Going into the playoffs, they finished first. In the Western Conference, and people underestimated that. Yeah, everyone's like, no one's worried about the Jazz. Like they'll beat the Grizzlies, but like after that, like they'll get knocked out. But they finished first for a reason. I kind of I wanted to bring up one one thing that I was watching the game, and I was kind of going in and out of, like like focusing on the game because they were down ten, and I just kind of got frustrated. I turned it off, but I saw a couple things. I saw Donovan Mitchell hobbling. Um, in the the final minutes of the game, um, I wanted I wanted to get your opinion about that. Did you see anything about Donovan Mitchell getting hurt or there was two incidents where he aggravated his right ankle ankle injury again? One where he tried driving in on Pat Bev. I think it was in the third or fourth quarter, and he was dry. He was he was gonna try driving in, but then he like went. He tried doing like a crossover, and. While doing that crossover, like I don't know if you've seen the way Donovan Mitchell does his crossovers, but he puts a lot of pressure on his joints mm-hmm, and his yeah. like his ankles, his knees, because if you're running and then you completely stop, you're putting a lot of weight on your knees and your ankles. So he tried doing that on a very good defender like Pat Bev, and like after that he just like got the ball. He dribbled like a few feet back. And he started like limping, kind of. He passed the ball away. I think that was I saw first that time. one. Yeah, I think I saw that one. That was the first one. And then the second one was at the end of the game, which was completely unnecessary. He ran to get the ball, and then like his foot got caught on PG's foot, and he fell. And so was this, with he, how many seconds ago was this? Like, It was under 30 seconds. The, ga- oh, the game was already huge. over. I mean, yeah, I don't think Donovan Mitchell's hurt. They would have said something, probably. I think he tried playing it off. No, I think he's hurt. I don't know. I, I don't want to see Donovan Mitchell hurt because he's such a great player. Um, I think he's fine. Probably. I think he's fine. But He went and right when he got injured right there, he went and had a discussion with his coach. Like, he had, like, he talked to him for, like, two minutes straight. I think, like, my theory is the coach told him, like, play it off for the rest of the game. Like, don't don't go hard. We already won this. So he's like, just stand there, just so you like, just so the fans don't get worried, because if you well, see I mean, yeah. if you see him walking to the locker room or getting benched, people are gonna start like r- raising theories, like, or the other team. Imagine seeing, uh, as an opposing team, you see the best player of the other team hobbling, and, like you I, as the other team, you smell blood. Yeah, you see them hurt. If the if the it's Utah your Jazz to attack if, back, if you if the Donovan Mitchell walks to the locker room with thirty seconds left, you go okay, we're going back home, and Donovan Mitchell's hurt. I'm I'm like we're winning these two games. Like you smell blood, but 
I don't know if if that was true and he is actually hurt and Quinn Snyder told him to stay in the game. It's a smart tactical move. It was mentally like it's a like it's a mind game. It's a chess game. So, but if he isn't hurt, then yeah, I I don't want to see him hurt because he's an amazing player. But yeah, either way, smart. I think keeping him in the game for the last no, thirty seconds. Think about it. If Donovan <clears throat> Mitchell got subbed out or went to the locker room, the Clippers would readjust their tactics for home. Yeah. Like, even if Donovan Mitchell doesn't end up playing next game, they will leave it until the last minute to rule him out. Because if he's ruled out, the Clippers will set defensive tactics that, that'll that stop the Jazz offense like very easily. And also, Mike Conley, I think, is coming back for game three. Yeah. And need, so that's... We need to monitor changes. that too. Yeah, we need to change, we need to watch that also because it's a, it's a hamstring strain. And, and as a person who's had their first year of hamstring strains... You think you're okay, and then you run. You make it a quick, like quick run, and all of a sudden you like it can you happen. Feel like it. This. You feel it yeah. again, and we saw that with Harden. We thought he was okay. He played a series and he reactivated his hamstring again. So, you just got. You have to wait till it's perfectly healthy. Your ham, hamstring or muscles, like a calf muscle strain, or a groin muscle, like we saw with AD, till it's perfectly healthy to come back. Because you do one quick move, quick sprint, and all of a sudden you feel it again, and you're back. You're back. You can be completely healthy again. You could be completely recovered, but you need to make like one wrong stretch of your hamstring, and it's just it, it comes back. Look, I'm not a doctor, but whenever whenever you you recover from an injury like a muscle injury like that, when you pull it, that that muscle is vulnerable for another injury. Like it's not it's not as strong as it used to be because you just pulled it. So. I don't know. They got to monitor that. I'm pretty sure they'll put him on limited minutes the first couple of games to to keep himself healthy, not to put a lot of strain on his uh, muscles or his hamstring. Uh, so, yeah, we need to monitor that situation. Yeah, but that's will, huge that he's coming it back. It will also depend on whether or not Donovan Mitchell plays or even if he gets, like, restricted minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Clippers just got to take, take care of one game at a time. Go from there because they got to win tomorrow. If they yeah. lose tomorrow, it's big time, big time. And going uh, down three, you know, dangerous, dangerous it's water, not so. a good sight. So, well. yeah, they just got to they gotta go into game three thinking we got to win this game or our, our playoff hopes are done. But I want to give credit to Reggie Jackson. Oh, uh, I don't know what that guy's doing, but he's like playing on another level right now and when i honestly thought when reggie jackson when he hit that three to get the clippers in the lead by one i thought that was gonna be a turning point yeah i and then i don't know how jordan clarkson he just like again like tough shots like like he's just pulling up i remember he made a bank shot yeah i don't know if you saw that like canard had his hands up. yeah the defender's hands were in his yeah canard's hands were up and he just chucks up and he banks it in like that's what i mean with momentum everything goes in he couldn't do anything more than that like canard couldn't do anything yeah like if he if he moved like two inches closer that would have been a shooting foul yeah so like he he put all effort into that defensive play and seeing like a lucky shot like that go in like that bank was lucky yeah like like that just even even jordan clarkson will admit that but that was lucky. So like, but seeing seeing like something like that going just ruins your confidence as a team. Yeah, it, it ruins the buildup. And um, I think that should cover it for today. 